It's time for The Car Doctor on AM 950 WROL. Got a car question? Call us at 617-770-3030. That's 617-770-3030. Now, here's The Car Doctor, John Paul, on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. And good Saturday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor Program on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston. What's going on over there? I'm rusty. You're rusty? Yeah. You've been gone for a week? Yep. And then you were a lot gone going on. Then you were gone for a bunch of weeks. Had a lot of stuff going on. I fully understand. Hey, we got a couple things going on today. We're going to be talking to Julie Blakely. She's from uh, iccars.com. And then uh, a little bit later, we're going to be talking to... Um, one of our branch managers, Tom Ryan from the AAA, because we opened a new AAA office in East Providence. So uh, thought we'd talk to talk to them about what's going on down there today. Um, and we have a car review coming up. We have uh, some trivia coming up, and also. I haven't done a very good job of promoting the Do You Want to Win the Bobby Tasca model drag racer, drag car. Um, I've only had a couple of entries. So if you want to enter to win that, you need to call us at, not call us, you need to email me at jpaul at aaanortheast.com and we'll enter you into the running for that. But right, right now, let's talk to our friend Julie from IC Cars. Julie, good morning. Good morning, John. How are you? Good. I'm doing just fine. Hey, there's uh, you guys, uh, among other things, besides being a, a fantastic place to go buy and sell cars, you have a lot of news and information on your site, and you recently came out with a couple of different reports. Um, mm-hmm. The fastest and selling used, fast, slowest and fastest selling used cars, the cars that people drive the most. There's been a whole bunch of them. Um, mm-hmm. But that slowest and fastest selling used cars, that was pretty interesting. Right. So, as part of our site as an automotive research firm, we put out studies every month on topics that we feel are useful to consumers to guide them with their car search. And as you mentioned, this month we looked at the fastest and selling, the fast, slowest and fastest selling used cars, and there were a few interesting things about it. Um, starting with the slowest, um, what was interesting is that when you're looking at how long cars stay on the lot, um, one thing that people don't think of is that cars that stay on the lot for a long time can present negotiation opportunities. So it's important to know how long a car has been on a lot compared to the industry average. So in terms of the slowest selling cars, we found that the slowest seller was the Porsche Cayenne, which was not surprising because it's a $60,000 SUV and a lot of expensive SUVs were on the list as well as sedans. But compared to, say, a new Porsche Cayenne, mm-hmm. uh, there's, a, right. there's a significant savings in there, too. Mm-hmm. And for somebody right. who kind of, you know, either they're treating themselves or they're, mm-hmm. or they're looking for that unique vehicle, to know that mm-hmm. maybe that doesn't sell that quickly and right. to know that the dealer 
you know, historically is going to sit on a little bit, going in with a good aggressive offer could make a lot of sense, right? Right. So in terms of the Porsche Cayenne, there definitely is a market for people who want to buy used ones, although, you know, it's not that large of a market. And for people that do want to spend, you know, 60000 on an SUV, um, it is a good option. But also one reason why it's on the list is because, because this car is most often leased. So not a lot of people are buying them, especially secondhand. Mm. Was there any other real surprises on the list, either fast or slow selling, that that um, your team yep. looked at and kind of went, wow, that's even surprising mm-hmm. for us? So I was surprised about the Mazda CX-9, which ranked eighth, and it is Mazda's largest SUV, and it gets great reliability ratings. Um, it's a... Somewhat popular seller, I think, new, but for some reason used. Um, it was the ace lowest selling vehicle, and one reason is because when we looked into it, it's that it could be because it's a lot more, well, not a lot more, but it's more expensive than other um, larger SUVs in its class, so it's kind of on par with some luxury SUVs, and we, we deduced that, you know, people might, if they're spending that much, want a luxury SUV instead. Mm. And how about the fastest selling cars? What what was on that mm-hmm. list? Yep. So the fastest sellers was what we felt was most surprising. Um, the top five vehicles were all alternative fuel vehicles with the Toyota Prius C, which is the smaller version of the Prius, was the fastest seller. And so if, if I'm somebody who's interested in buying a Prius C, um, knowing that it's going to sell pretty fast, if I see one pop up, or your site tells me there's one that comes up, I I have to I have to move quickly, right? Right. So that's something valuable about this site is that um, you know when you do your research and find the right car for yourself, um, if it is a fast seller like one of these, yeah, you don't have a lot of time and you might not have as much negotiation power. However, um, with a lot of cars on this list. Um, the, some of the fast ones, the Honda Civics on there, the Toyota Corolla, the Honda Accord. So even though those sell quickly, there is a large supply of them in the used marketplace. So, you know, it's not as urgent that you get it right away because you're likely to be able to find one somewhere else. Mm. And it's nice the way your report breaks it up. So it breaks it up in in mm-hmm. kind of SUV categories and pickup right. truck categories. So you mm-hmm. have an you have a, a variety of you know choices of what you're looking for based on the report. Um, let's talk about right. the site a little bit again and kind of remind people sure. what IC Cars is is all about. Sure. So in addition to being an automotive research firm, we are a car search engine. We specialize in used cars. We have a lot of insight that goes along with our listings um, to help consumers find the best deal on used cars. And we also have a new car search engine as well. And we have um, a a couple of apps that are very helpful to consumers. Um, One of them is the IC Cars VIN report. And it's available on our on our site, but also as an app. And what it does uh, is it helps used car shoppers get automotive insight on vehicles that they're looking at. So all they have to do is scan the vehicle's VIN, VIN number and they see um, like pricing information, um, and a lot of helpful data that can help them make an informed decision and give them negotiation power with 
car sellers. And it even links it right over to um, the NHTSA website, so you can see if there's any right. recalls that have that are that are ongoing with the car. So you have an idea what's what's going on if you, if it needs to have a take a trip to the dealer to get get some work done. I I know when I was selling mm-hmm. my used car. I actually scanned the VIN because I, w- I wanted to see how it worked. But mm-hmm. what happened was it became a pretty good sales tool for me, too, because right. it, it was a coworker who wanted the car. But I said, well, I just scanned the VIN. There's no recalls. There there had been some, but they're all taken care of. Mm-hmm. The um, comparable cars in the area are all selling for at least $1,000 more. And that made my car, you know, the person, and whenever you buy, whenever you sell a car to a coworker, it can mm-hmm. always, it, it's, it's a danger, right. it's a dangerous thing to do. So, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. so I said, you know, you know, I want you to feel comfortable that, you know, it was a good price based on all of this. And of course I told her to go to her mechanic and have the car checked out. Right. But, but because right. of that, it just gave, it gave her an extra feeling of confidence. It made me feel good that, that um, she was getting a good deal on the car. But the same thing, if you wrote, if you're out car shopping even if you're not um, mm-hmm. i hate to say it but even if you're not using your site but you go to a dealer and you right. scan the vin and you go mm-hmm. wait a second this this car is two thousand dollars overpriced compared to the other cars in the area um if i really want this car there's going to be some room for negotiation or why don't i go look someplace else so your your site your site offers a lot so to go to your site and then use the use the uh, the the vin the vin uh app i think they're two good two good really good choices so right it's, it's not easy buying and selling cars so we do our best to make it as painless as possible for consumers and for vehicle sellers like you mentioned yeah and and can private party uh people if if uh my producer dennis wanted to sell his car could he mm-hmm. list it on iccars.com yes so the vast majority of our listings are from dealers mm-hmm. but we do have private sale information as well and we've gotten great feedback from that so yeah. definitely it's an option for people selling their vehicle and and what's nice when i was using your site to shop what was nice is the filtering system so you could put in you know i only want this much mileage i only want this mm-hmm. year window um and even right down to you know the color the kind of the colors that i want or the colors that i didn't want Right. So we have 52 unique search filters on our site, which helps people narrow down precisely the car that they're looking for. And we get feedback on that all, all the time. So yeah, I'm glad that you noticed that as well. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, the, the site itself, I remember talking to, um, to, uh, your boss, I guess about it. Mm-hmm. And, and I said, how, how did this all start? And, and he was sort of frustrated car shopping. Right. So, um, our, Two co-founders, Fong and Vineet, they started the site in, I believe, 2013 after they each had frustrating experiences shopping for used cars. They mm. thought that there had to be a better way, and the inspiration for the site was born. Yeah, it, it really it really is. And, and again, if you're, you know, if you're shopping, if you're trying to even figure out, you know, there, there's great sites, you know, whether it's NADA cars or Kelly Blue Book or mm-hmm. other places where you can get a book value, but sometimes the book mm-hmm. value doesn't really tell you the what the cars are really selling for. And by going to a site like yours, you can you can look and say, yeah, I know the book value says this, but it appears as if every mm-hmm. car that looks like mine is selling for this amount of money. Well, 
if I want to make my car competitive and if I if I don't mind holding on to it for a while, I'll try to price it closer to the competition. Mm-hmm. But if not, the comparable cars, why don't I, you know, mark my car down three or four hundred dollars and maybe it will become more mm-hmm. appealing to people. So it's a it's a great right. tool to be able to mm-hmm. use for um you know, if you're trying to sell sell something, and besides mm-hmm. besides the the reach, I mean, you you guys you guys are, uh, I guess, technically, literally all over the world, right? <laughs> um, right now we are just in the United yeah. States. Yeah, but I mean, so the, we, we the web being what US. it is, yeah, right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And our sites end up, um, like our studies end up, um, you know, being talked about all over the world. Yeah. So. No, it's we a, do it, have an international presence. Yeah, it's it's a, a real interesting thing, and what I kind of I kind of like it's a it's a local company. Right. Yep. So we are headquartered in Woburn, Massachusetts. Yeah. So so um, you know it's not you know you're you're not talking to somebody you know three continents away or something. So you're mm-hmm. able you're able to um, you're able to certainly you know look at look at everything that's. Uh, out there and to be able to shop, but also to look at these great studies. And sometimes it's just a matter of education. You look at things, you go, wow, I really didn't know that, or that's surprising, right. or um, just a good way to find find more information. And then, of course, you got that car doctor guy that writes for you every once in a while, right? Right, yeah. exactly. One of our more popular um, features of the site is your columns, and we love that. Well, well, thank you. Uh, you help out consumers too. Yeah, well, team uh, effort. I, I, I try, to, I try to. So, but no, it's, it's always, it's always great hearing from you. It's always great to remind people about the site because as we're, I guess, technically one day away from fall, um, you know, a lot. Yeah, I know. Uh, but a lot of people think about, well, you know, is my car going to get it get through the winter mm-hmm. this year? Or, you know, maybe maybe I'm a, a retiree who wants to head down to Florida and maybe I don't want to do it. My 10 year old mm-hmm. car and I want to look for something newer. And the new cars are coming out, which makes sometimes the used cars even that much more appealing, uh, both uh, both price wise and, and, and values. So um, it's a it's a pretty good time to shop for a car as well. It is certainly. Yeah. So the website, real simple. It's it's the letter mm-hmm. I C Cars dot com, and you can find out all this information. You can find out what's for sale. Maybe if you want to list your own car for sale, is there a fee to list a private party sale car? Um, I yes, I believe I you know I yeah I I believe so yes. <laughs> <laughs> you say with such com- them, you yeah. say with such confidence. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, sorry, sorry. I mean, I didn't mean you mean to. Uh, no, that's yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, but but any but anyway, we'll clarify that a little bit later down the road right, for people. Exactly. So yeah. Yep. But again, this it's is a, our website. Yeah. Yeah. The, and again, the website is chock full of information. And for people mm-hmm. who, um, you know, who uh, maybe want to live a little bit of a fantasy, you know, whether it's you know, buying a Porsche Cayenne or seeing what's for mm-hmm. you know, seeing what the latest Ferrari is for sale. Um, exactly. You can you can you can go and look and go. You know what? I'm never going to be able to afford that, but I can go and mm-hmm. I can go and dream. Right. Exactly. And, and buy a window a, shopping. Yeah, and buy a lottery ticket. So you never know. Yeah, exactly. The, the two could work out <laughs> together. Julie, thanks for taking some time out of your Saturday morning and and joining us. And uh, always a pleasure to talk to you. Of course. Likewise. Thanks for having me on. You okay. Have a great weekend. You as well. Take care. <laughs> bye bye. Right. You too. Bye. It's Julie Blakely from iccars.com. And yes, they do carry my column about once a month. They update it, I guess. So. I was going to say, is it every week? No.
No, it's not like the Boston Globe, which I didn't buy today because I my whole schedule is off. I had a I had a stop at Home Depot, and I well, because I have been outside Spotlight and one of the bulbs burned out. You can't buy Spotlight bulbs anymore. Nope. They're LED. They're the wrong wattage. I didn't want what I bought, but the only good thing is uh, National Grid, I guess, subsidizes part of the price. So at least it's they, they weren't as ridiculously priced. And uh, I found that I found that out. Uh, I bought I bought a, a pretty simple little LED light, and I think it was two in a pack for twenty dollars. I tried to buy exactly the same LED light in Florida. And it was sixty dollars because National Grid subsidized it that much, and Whoa. yeah, that was just interesting. Hey, I had an interesting experience this week. I went to the Newport Car Museum, which is which is technically in Portsmouth, Rhode Island, but they call it the Newport Car Museum. It's in Portsmouth, which is close close enough to Newport. Um, I met the founder of the museum. Who's been on this radio program before, um, uh, and and his wife was there. What an interesting couple, and what fantastic cars! They're in a building that it's in the campus of Raytheon in Portsmouth, and they own the buildings buildings that they're in. Also met his son Max, who's a recently married and also a graduate student going to BU. And what's interesting is there were cars like a uh, 55 Chevrolet Bel Air convertible. Happened to be the fuel-injected model, which was a very 57 Chevy Bel Air convertible. Fuel-injected model. Very rare car. There were three 1966 Mustangs. And they're all K-code cars, which means they're the highest performance version of that Mustang, which was essentially the Shelby Mustang. Well, those are very rare cars. There was also a Shelby Mustang Hertz car, which is also a very rare car. There was like a whole wing set aside for Ford, including a Ford GT. Now, the Ford GT came out two years ago or a year ago or something. And it was in a very limited production capacity. And also, when you bought it, you had to sign a contract. You wouldn't sell it. Didn't and John Cena? Yeah, John, yeah, yeah, John <laughs> Cena got in a lot of trouble because he sold his. I said to this guy, how'd you get that? And he goes, oh, you want to learn how to do it? I said, Okay. And among other things, he's, he's, by trade, he's an attorney. And at one point, he had 265 attorneys working for him. Okay. Yeah. Um, I said, yeah, how'd you do it? He said, well, I found a guy who bought the car, couldn't really afford it. And he said, well, he can't sell it. But there was no provision against leasing it to me. So he said we had, a, we had to form three corporations, three LLCs. I and, love lawyers. <laughs> I love them. And he said that way I own the car, I'm leasing the car, but at the end of two years 
I'm the customer who's going to buy the car. So he said, I didn't really, he said, I circumvented the system that I have the car, and he doesn't anymore. But realistically, if he kept it in his garage for two years, in the end of two years, I'd buy it anyway. So I just got to hold it rather than have it. I love lawyers. (laughs) The other interesting part is um, this guy owns a salt mine. Okay. Never met anybody who owned a salt <laughs> mine before. But I think that's where his um, money comes from. Yeah, I think so. And the American Rock Salt Company in some place in upper state New York. But um, so when you see rock salt, it probably comes from him. But all the cars in the museum, so there's a. Have salt in them? No. <laughs> and his wife said, I don't want this museum to smell like gasoline, smell like oil. Look like a garage. I want it to look like an art museum. And the cars are very nicely prepared. There, there's not a, there's not a hint of. You, you wouldn't think they were real. There's not a sniff of anything anywhere. But there's this whole Ford section. There's a Corvette section. He has one of every series Corvette and a few interesting ones in between. So he has a 55 and a 60, a 58 and a, and a, and a 63 split window and a, and a 2019. In his Chrysler section, he has a 57, uh, uh, 300C letter car, which was very unique, uh, Hemi car. He has a 71 Dodge Charger. He also has a 2018 or 19, I guess. Dodge Demon, the 800-horsepower Dodge Demon. So he has this mix of old and new cars. And then there's a whole European section with Ferraris and Lamborghinis and so forth. He has a hybrid section. And the hybrid, one of the hybrids, is a BMW i8, which is a looks like a supercar. Not supercar price, though. It's a $150,000 car. But it's a hybrid. Next to that was a Porsche 918, that's a supercar and a supercar price. When I saw it at the New York Auto Show or the Detroit Auto Show a couple of years ago, I believe the price was $999,999. Wow. So a ridiculous amount of money for any car, of course. And But these cars are, and what's, I'm sure you can't sit in them, but there's no ropes up. So you can get remarkably close to the cars. So... It was, it, it was uh, as somebody I know posted on Facebook when I posted the video, and you call that work? Um, <laughs> I went down with the boss, so yes, it was work. Um, but but, it was, uh, but the, the, the variety of cars there, uh, just if you're, and they're open year-round, uh, but they're, uh, and, and, the, um, and the owners live in Newport, so they're a lot, they're there a lot, and then they, they winter in Florida most of the time, I guess. So, um, But if you're down there and you want to see, I mean, it's great to see. I mean, there's great cars. You go to Lars Anderson. Right now there's a there's a regional kind of a hot rod exhibit at Lars Anderson. But if you're in a hurry, you can walk through Lars Anderson in five minutes. Um, what makes Lars Anderson special is the, is the weekend lawn events because they'll get a bunch of cars to show up for that. So you go through there and come back. But the, but the, the, the hot rods that are on display at Lars Anderson are great. Um, 
the Owl's Head Museum up in up in Maine. Great cars. Um, our friend Glenn Gould, uh, the Wells Auto Museum, which is not open as much as it used to be. It's open periodically now. Has a great collection of cars in there. But they're not in wide open spaces. They're right next to each other. There's a lot of cars. In fact, uh, the woman who runs the Stanley Steamer Museum, or did run the Stanley Steamer Museum, used to comment that Wells had more Stanley Steamers than the Stanley Steamer Museum did uh, because uh, Glenn's father liked Stanley Steamers. Is that the um, one that's down in Cape, on the Cape? In, in yeah. Sandwich, at the yeah, Heritage, yeah. At Heritage, which right now has an IndyCar exhibit, which is really really unique and when they put their their regular cars back in they're also stunning cars but a lot of them are what's called brass era cars older cars which i'm not old enough even as old as i am i'm not old enough to fully appreciate them i think but the cars from the 50s 60s 70s and newer those are my cars and those are the cars that i like and uh, it's 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 a really well done place, and they um, they also had um, Gunther's wife is maybe Spanish, not Spanish, um, Swedish, and if she isn't, they like Scandinavian design. So the furniture around there is Scandinavian design furniture. Some of it is like some of it I don't know how to sit on because it was sort of that weird, twisty-shaped stuff. But they wanted people to feel comfortable. And they have a lot of videos playing, not too loud, um, that kind of reflect what the cars are all about. Now, this is the one in Newport. This is the one in Newport. Okay, yeah. Yeah. sorry. Sorry. Trans- yep. I know, <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, it's just really, it's, it, it, is, it is just, it is, it is a very nice place. And uh, Gunther's wife, Maddie, said, we also have a gift shop. But the gift shop isn't wheels and shock absorbers, which most people think it w- would be. It's stuff that women would like. Because she said, I don't want to stereotype. But she said, most of the women that come in here after five minutes are going to get a little bit bored. Um, and I want to give them something to do. And she said, not even to buy stuff. Just go look at some other stuff. So she can look at, they can look at purses and wallets and things. And um, So how long a casual look-see would I, take, I, I probably spent casually walking around with my boss and also talking to the owner. And we moved pretty quick because he had things to do and people to see. We probably spent 90 minutes. But you could spend hours if you, you know, if you're somebody who truly appreciates, you know, certain things about certain cars and wonder. If you, if you sat there, there's about 70 cars. And if you read every sign in front of every car and looked at every display that went with the car, a lot of stuff. All right. Because I asked because um, out in California, Tyler was taking pictures of all the fancy cars yeah. that are out yeah. there. And him and his friends have this, they buy those die-cast cars mm-hmm. that you can get at Walgreens yep. and they trade them. Yep. And I don't know. uh trying to think of what I can do with my 14-year-old son. I, he has never seen the mansions. I'm thinking of making a day to, like, do a day trip down that there. That would uh, If you took him to a couple of mansions in here, um, it would be it would be a full day. So Okay. Yeah. And and I think, uh, I don't think he'd get bored. I mean, the, the, the cars are just so, 
well done. And I think if you took your wife, she would appreciate it as well. Oh, she likes. So, yeah. she likes yeah. looking at fan. Yeah, at, at, yeah. Um, but just the idea. Cars. But just the idea that you can go see a um, Dodge Hellcat and a Dodge Demon, and then see like the inspiration for that car, which was a '71 Dodge Challenger, all in the same room, and you can go look. They're the same color. And uh, or go see you know a car that's uh, a '55 T-Bird that is the factory fuchsia color. Which what's the name of the museum again? The Newport Car Museum, which is technically in Portsmouth, Rhode Island. So, do you know worth, what the, the price of admission is by any chance? For adults, I think it's eighteen dollars. Okay. AAA members will be getting a discount at some point. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We might have negotiated that as we were there. May have, may have, may have, may have said. Stay tuned. May have said, uh, "Hey, by the way, you know, why don't you, uh, why don't you uh, consider discounting to AAA members? We might even do a AAA day on Black Friday. Ooh. So while everybody's out shopping, people can go hang out at the museum. So Ooh. yeah, just something to think about. Why don't we take a quick break, pay some bills? My name's John Paul. This is a Car Doctor program. When we come back, I think we might be talking to. Our friend from the East Providence AAA office about they're having a big party down there. My name's John Paul. This is the Car Doctor program. You're listening at AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston. We'll be right back. Mustang Saturday. Just bought a brand new GTO. Mustang Saturday. Just bought a brand new GTO. And welcome back to the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston, or 100.3 FM or WROLradio.com. You can stream us online anytime. Uh, but right now with us on the phone is Tom Ryan. Tom Ryan is uh, a co-worker of mine and uh, at the AAA office in East Providence, brand new, a brand new office, and uh, having a little party down there today, huh? Yes, we are. So, uh, How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Uh, so what's going on down there today? Okay, so first I'm Tom Ryan. I'm the branch manager. Uh, today we're having a grand opening event for the co-location. Uh, on location here at Ten River Road is a full-service branch, uh, but we also have a driving school. Um, we house uh, mechanic bays that work on our trucks, but we also, this is where the, um, the, tr the truck drivers, roadside assistance crews, they uh, are dispatched out of this location. Yeah, and, and today it's, we're going to have a. Go ahead. Okay. I'm sorry. Well, so today we're going to have a number of uh, vendors coming down. Um, we have another area that we're going to highlight. We have uh, Sprint coming in. Uh, Sprint's also going to bring a Kona travel ice truck. Uh, Hertz is going to be here. Uh, they're going to have one of their rented cars on display. We're going to have the Providence Brilliant mascot uh, coming this morning between 11 and uh, 12:30. We're also going to have a. Uh, Touch a uh, tow truck, so you know, get in, take a look at the uh, kids can get in, uh, go around the trucks, check them out. Also, they're also conducting free battery testing. 
Um, and also a number of other our services. We'll have a photo booth on hand. Um, you can come get your photos taken. So it's going to be a fun day. Yeah, and, and you know, the, the idea of this, this branch office doesn't look like any other branch office. You know, I've been to, I haven't been to every single branch office that we have, but uh, this one looks a little bit unique, huh? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's actually um, been nominated for an award. It's so unique. Um, but it's a great design. Um, some interesting facts about it. The whole facility is uh, solar-powered. Uh, where the event's going to take place is kind of like a canopy, and on top of that is solar-powered uh, panels. So, the yeah, so, so, the, so they're able to, like you said, pretty much the solar uh, voltaic panels that are there pretty much power up uh, the, entire, the entire complex. Correct, yes, yeah. And in the building itself, the branch building itself, which is set off uh, towards the Wapanag Trail, the roof is very unique. It's only two pieces. Uh, and I, I didn't get a chance to see how they placed it in, but it's uh, a very unique-looking building. Uh, it's very open concept, a lot of windows. It's a great working environment as well. Yeah, it really is. And, and like you said, people come in there, and they can take they can take advantage of some of the deals that we all, always offer through our discounts and rewards program. But also um, that the Sprint program right now, for especially for people 55 and older, it seems like it's a really good deal. It is. It's a very good deal. Um, uh, you get discounts at special AAA uh, Sprint days. There's actually one a week from Saturday, Sunday Sprint location. AAA member can go in there and get discounted uh, uh, certain accessory items. But if you if you join, your your basic membership is paid by Sprint. So you can basically, being a Sprint member, you can get a free basic membership out of it, and they'll pay it every year as it as it uh, renews. Yeah, that, you know that's that's pretty phenomenal in itself. And the the deals the deals pretty good too. What is it like two lines for fifty five bucks or something? Yeah, it, you know it, it depends on, on how many members you have in your family. But if you visit your local Sprint store, they can go over the great advantages of you uh, with you with the phone, the accessories, the the great plans that that are available to you. You know, plus you know if you just look at you know, a, a membership, if you have, uh, you know, just one member, that's $52. Yeah. You know, they, they're going to also pick up and your associate memberships uh, as well. Yeah, and some and some uh, some changes over the year or so, too, with AAA memberships, where we always used to say that um, when you joined AAA, you were, you were a basic membership, which in, which included certainly a lot of, a lot of, uh, uh, things that came along with the basic membership, but now if if a new member wants to join, they can they can also get they can sign up immediately as a plus or a premier member, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. That's been a change a little last year, which is great. It's a great advantage for 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 members. Um, the plus and premier is extra uh, money for those programs. They offer certain incentives, and the the biggest one is you know for a plus plan, which is one uh, tier above the basic. You get uh, if you need to get towed. You have up to two hundred miles with a right. uh, one hundred miles with the premier. You can have one tow up to two hundred miles. So it's really, you know, for me, for, for instance, my daughter is one hundred and fifty miles away from me at school. If something happens with her car, I can get it back here and take care of it for her. 
Yeah, absolutely. And of course, AAA membership includes all kinds of things, uh, the approved approved auto repair. So even if she wasn't here, you could find you could find a, a good garage up in her area, wherever she is. It's approved by AAA. And, you know, if something, something did go wrong for some reason, you could talk to the, uh, the approved auto repair shop up there. And they always, they always warranty their work for two years or 24,000 miles. So there's a, there's a lot of features that come with the AAA membership that a lot of people don't a lot of people don't think about all the time they think about yeah i'm going to get a hertz discount when i go to a hotel i'm going to get a discount and i'm going to get this but there there's a lot more and uh even to the point of um you know people that like to go to the movies discounted movie tickets and of course park tickets and all that sort of stuff right correct yeah yeah we have that all here in branch uh you know, discounted travel you know um uh there's all, all kinds of advantages you really if you and I know I do work for AAA, and I know a lot about them. But we have a lot of members that take advantage of that. And today we also are having a membership uh, special offer. So if you stop by our location, you're not a member, and you want to sign up, we have a special deal going on today. Yeah, and is there is there a deal for teens now too? There, there is right now that we have a, a free teen pro- program. Um, so if you have a teenager in your household, you can add them to your plan for free. There's also the uh, Insider program, which is also free, and it's like kind of young teens yep. between 13 and 15 and a half. Uh, and once they turn uh, uh, 17, they get a free year membership there as well. So, uh, so for right right now, if you have a 16 year old that's uh, a little bit away from getting their driver's license, or maybe just got their driver's license, you know, you know, I really want to get them on my AAA membership. Um, and, and yeah, yeah. How, how can yeah. you go wrong with that? You can't. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the office hours today are? Well, the yeah, office hours are staying open today. Typically it's 9 to 1, but today we're going to mimic the show. We're going to stay open at 3 o'clock. Okay. The event itself is 11 to 3. Yep. Uh, any, anyone's welcome uh, to come down. Again, we're at 10 River Road in East Province, right on the Seaconk Line, uh, right at the... Uh, right on the White Wampanoag Trail. Yeah. Easiest yeah. Way to find yeah, it. yeah. 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 Let's, because that, uh, that, that 10 River Road uh, direction can sometimes get a little misleading for people, but Wampanoag, the Wampanoag Trail is Route 114, right? Correct, yeah. Yep. So if you're on 195, you get off, you look for the 114, uh, go down the Wampanoag Trail, uh, you'll see a, a mobile station on the left. Look diagonally across, you'll see the most unique AAA office with a big logo on the side and also where the fleet center is where our, our trucks are stored and our trucks are repaired and where we also train some of our technicians over there and we have our driving school that runs over there and also teach some of our senior classes there so it's a full service facility uh very unique look and um uh, and and uh look 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 for the location because it's uh again it doesn't it, it's it's a little bit different than most AAA offices very stunning building and and a lot of fun and uh it's going going on today from 11 to 3 right great yes we hope to see everybody here. All right. Hey, Tom, thanks for, uh, I know you got uh, you got uh, dusting and cleaning to do or something, right? <laughs> I see a little setting up to do. There you go. Tom, thanks a lot. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Tom. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye. That was Tom Ryan. He is the uh, branch manager in East Providence. Uh, been with AAA for a while now. And, uh, you know, they were doing this. And, again, there's uh, there's. Um, some some interesting things going on down there. Our phone number, our phone lines are open if you've, uh, Heard enough of me talking and you want to join us? The phone number is 617 770 3030. 617 770 3030. 
770-3030. Sounds like it's a good time to do a car review. And I actually titled this car review something I never do. Oh boy, this must be special. And it's called Something Wicked This Way Comes. Great movie. I know, I know. <laughs> and the car is a BMW M5. And uh, when it comes to sports sedans, one name always comes to mind is BMW. And one of the ultimate models is the M5, the highest performance version of the 5 Series sedan. For 2018, the M5 is powered by a twin-turbo 4.4-liter V8 engine that produces a ridiculous 600 horsepower and 552 foot-pounds of torque. The potent engine is connected to an 8-speed automatic transmission. No manual transmission is offered anymore that powers all four wheels. Or if the driver chooses, with just the push of a button, just the rear wheels for a traditional sports sedan performance. Or if you just want to melt the tires, I guess. The interior of this 5-series sedan is very comfortable. The 20-way driver's seat, it's got too many adjustments. It's There's a lot of adjustments going on. Um, with this, with this front seats. The front seats are also heated, ventilated, have a massage function. There's also a heated steering wheel. Rear passengers also benefit from heated seats on cool days. The controls are typical BMW, a bit frustrating and distracting. The shifter is an electronic controller, which takes a bit of a learning curve to get accustomed to using. The iDrive system, which control many of the dash functions over the years, in my opinion, has gone from the worst technology to now some of the best. The large gauges are easy to see and read. The heads-up display works well, and the climate control works quickly and efficiently. Just about every form of technology is in this vehicle. Blind spot monitors, lane departure warning and correction, active suspension, active cruise control, surround view cameras with parking assist. Performance and handling are what the M version BMW models are known for, and that is certainly the case with the M5. The engine rockets this sedan uh, to 60 miles an hour in about three seconds. And it weighs 4,400 pounds and can carry four people. So zero to 60, three seconds, 4,400 pounds, four adults. That's crazy. There are settings that change the characteristics from the 600-horsepower engine from tame to wild. There's also a button on the uh, dash that quiets the engine or makes it loud. The fun button. And it's always in the fun button mode, by the way. Uh, but... Uh, but not everybody likes that, so you can you can you can quiet it down. The ride's adjustable from comfort, which is still very firm, um, to uh, uh, sort of the performance and handling side. It can be adjusted at the touch of a button. In fact, there are two buttons on the steering wheel that can program the car completely differently. Um, I had one set to the highest performance, and. Uh, one set for the best ride in fuel economy. Fuel economy, should you worry about such a thing with a car like this? Average about 19 miles per gallon. Premium fuel is required. And there's a $1,000 gas guzzler tax. So. How much was that tax? $1,000. Um, the brakes are carbon ceramic and are extremely powerful, although a bit touchy. Um, the carbon ceramic brakes were an $8,500 option. So with the. Uh, fantastic sounding stereo system and the carbon ceramic brakes, those two options was about half of what my car cost. Uh, the 3, 5, and even 7 series sedans uh, were always a standard that other luxury car makers competed against. There are those who think BMW lost its way in this very competitive sports sedan landscape. If you have any questions about that, 
that BMW can't complete with those high can't compete with those high end players anymore. All you need to do is take the M5 out for a spin. This car is fast, handles great, and comfortable. Like I said, 4.4 liter twin turbo, 600 horsepower engine. Fuel economy, 15 city, 21 highway. Premium fuels required. Could I take a guess on what it costs? $185,000. No. No, you're way high. Okay. It's bargain. $129,000. You know, I was going to say one hundred and thirty, but I'm yeah. like, no, that's too low. Too low. No, and I was like, $150,000. We'll just, we'll just go high. All right. Let's talk to our buddy Rick in Boston. Rick. Hey there. Hey there. What's up? Uh, I just have a question for you today. And that. All right. Let's let's say you get twenty seven miles uh, per per gallon or twenty yeah, twenty seven miles per gallon in your car. All right. And that so it works out to be about ten cents a mile for gas. Now, if you have one of these hybrids or gas cars, what is the um, how, when you're charging it, how much uh, does it cost in electricity? To go a mile. Um, well, there you you would have to look at what your kilowatt rate is, what you're paying, and yeah, yeah and so a car with a big hybrid, so a plug-in hybrid, so like a Prius Prime, yeah. Uh, yeah. something like that. Uh, depending on the size of the battery, I happen to be driving a hybrid. Well, kind of a hybrid. We'll get into that later, but um, uh, so you would have to, you know, if you're paying. 20 cents per kilowatt hour or if you're paying 40 cents per kilowatt hour and say say you were driving a Nissan Leaf and a new Nissan Leaf has a 40 um, has has a yeah so if you were paying 30 cents per kilowatt hour and it and you were charging up 40 kilowatts worth of battery you would pay forty cents times forty, so you'd pay what sixteen bucks to fully charge the fully charge the car up with electricity. So sixteen dollars would buy five gallons of gas for easy math, and would get you on a car that got because I'm not going to do twenty seven miles per gallon because I can't do that math. Say thirty miles <laughs> per gallon, it would take you about. 150 miles, which is about what a car that got 30 miles per gallon would get. So it would yeah. be it would be about you know at 30 cents or 40 cents a kilowatt hour, it would be about the same as gasoline. Now, if you're buying electricity off peak at 15 or 20 cents per kilowatt hour, well, then you're gonna you're gonna save a little bit more money. And the other advantage, of course, with an electric car, um, I'm driving into Boston. I'm sitting in traffic for hours. Well, my electric yeah. car is not going to use any fuel. My gas car is going to use fuel. So sometimes it's not about the mileage. Sometimes it's about the time. So that's where sometimes an electric car can get more efficient. Um, but there, there's a trade. I mean, electricity costs money. Uh, you know, I was talking to somebody who has a an electric car. They charge it up with a 110-volt outlet, so they do it. They don't do it on, you know, they don't do it at 240 volts. But they said to me, they charge it up every night when they come home. They plug it in, and they said they haven't really seen any real difference in their electric bill. 
They said their electric bill seems to be about the same, whether they plug in their electric car or not. So um, depending on depending on how you use it, where you use it, what you're doing with it, uh, can all make a difference. Um, at work, we have an electric charging station. The first two hours are free, and then it's $2, and $2, a, um, $2 an hour after that. Um, to The car that I'm driving today takes about five hours to recharge from zero at 240 volts. And because of that, there's the, there's the sort of trade-off of, um, so I charge up, it costs me six bucks to charge up. Now the car's fully recharged and it will go about 120 miles on that recharge. Cost me $6 to do it. Just, just 20, uh, uh, 20 cents a mile or so. Yeah, so that's pretty, that's that's pretty good you know that's pretty good mileage you know that means that means each each dollar each dollar i can go 20 say 20 miles uh so if you know that would be the equivalent of uh getting about 60 miles per gallon on a on a hybrid car so there's there's those uh, advantages and disadvantages well, I just wanted somebody did, had done the math in that. That's you know because I knew most of that stuff. But yeah. I just wanted yeah. somebody done the yeah. math. That but, actually, okay, but, it costs but, but the real per, per mile. You know, the real math is the cost of the car because the car yeah. the cars are that much more expensive. I was in a yeah. I was in a Tesla Model Three this week, um, but still, it's a forty five thousand dollar car. I mean, it's a pretty cool car, but it's also competitive with probably a twenty five thousand dollar car. You know, so you have to look at you know, you you look at oh, I can buy a Tesla Model Three, or I can get a Chevy Malibu, which is a pretty good car, and it rides about you know it's it has all the same, and you kind of go okay, if one's fifteen thousand dollars or twenty thousand dollars more than the other, I can buy a lot of gasoline for twenty thousand dollars. So you have to look at you have to look at everything. You have to look at the cost of the car. And then you have to look at even depreciation afterwards. What's the car going to be worth when you're done with it? And you also yeah, how much is it going to cost to replace the battery, too? Eventually, that is that is a concern. I mean, the batteries have about a 10-year life. And like all things, you know, I, I you know whether it's, you know, the first, you know, Betamax you bought that was $800 or something, or the first digital calculator you bought that was really expensive, and now they give them away with business cards. So, um, you know, as, you know, depending on uh, supply of materials, you know, battery battery costs could go down. Right now, though, um, that's not the case because uh, the materials that make batteries are still sort of hard to get. And you also, this is where people also... You, you say the cost of the car, yeah, they're more expensive yep. because one, they're in demand. Um, they're more, mm-hmm. more well, they're in in certain yeah. areas, yeah. they're definitely more in demand. I saw a lot of electric vehicles out in LA. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is, is environmentalists will tell you, and this, I've been barking this, I've been barking up this tree for a long time. I'm a somewhat environmentalist. I try to. Some days I do better than others. <laughs> um, but the the great thing about electric vehicles and hybrids and all this, and even now that they have the engines that turn off, I know people don't like them, but you're not putting those emissions in the air, the, the, the CO2, the carbon monoxide, you're not putting that stuff in the air when you're sitting in traffic. Whereas your your combustible engines are, are still burning that Mm -hmm. fuel. So that's a, that's a big factor in a lot of this. It's not all about, the the cost of the gas or the cost of the electricity it's about what the 
what you're doing to the environment. Like, how can you stop the environment? But that that's just my little, that's my little green piece today. Thank you. Have a great day. <laughs> wow. Uh, but you know, you you make you make a good point, and and you know, a lot of the. Um, a lot of the the you know first electric cars were were bought by were bought by um, you know people early adopters that, that buy all the first you know iPads and everything else. So anyway, uh, so that's that's the story, Rick. I hope it helped. I just feel say I'm just curious about the cost per mile on that. Yep. But that, yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. okay just, all right. Yep. Bye. Yep. And dep- again, depending on the cost of a kilo, I just looked up according to NPR. They say the average price people in the U.S. pay for electricity is about 12 cents per kilowatt hour. The typical U.S. household uses 908 kilowatts a month of electricity. There's a huge variation from state to state. So that's how much a kilowatt cost. I All I do is pay the electric bill. I don't know. Let's talk to Mike and him. Michael. Yeah, can you hear me? I can hear you just fine. Great, yeah, loud and clear. Hey, just to continue on with one of our conversations, I was reading recently that this new Chevrolet Silverado full-size pickup is going to come with a four-cylinder engine. Yep. Uh, would you buy a full-size pickup with a four-cylinder engine in it? I would have to try it out pretty carefully before I did because different than, you know, if you buy a full, full-size full car or sort of a full-size car with a four-cylinder engine in it, um... You know, how hard are you really making it work most of the time? Not very hard. And at, and at highway speeds, you're using 10 or 15 horsepower. And if it makes whatever the horsepower is, it's not going to work very hard. But if you're going to buy a pickup truck and you're going to... Now, granted, 90% of the pickup trucks I see going down the road have one person sitting in them and nothing in the bed. Uh, right. But if you're going to buy a pickup truck for work and that four-cylinder turbocharged engine or whatever it is that's going to be in there, even if it makes crazy horsepower, if it makes 300 horsepower. That's um, what it makes for yeah, yeah, so 300 horsepower, that's when it's working really, really hard. So if you're pulling a boat all the time, a construction trailer, loading it up with bricks all the time, and you're making that little four-cylinder engine spin its turbo hard out to make the 300 horsepower to make it work, I think you're going to wear it out really fast, as yeah, opposed to a, as opposed to a big lumbering V8, which is going to make even less horsepower, but it's not going to work as hard. You know, internally, it's not going to work as hard. But if you're going to buy a, um, if you're going to buy if you're going to buy a, I, I, I don't a Ford Explorer with a four-cylinder turbo in it, um, and you and you don't do anything more than just drive it, it's probably fine. But if you use it to use it for other purposes, I think you just, I think that engine's going to be short-lived. I agree. I mean, I think that the, and we've talked, discussed this before, but although i got to give Ford credit, that V6 seems to be holding up all right. I mean, you got the aluminum body and all that, but right. that seems to be working, that, the V6 in these big trucks. Yeah, I don't yeah. any complaints made about. Yeah, so far, so far, so good, but I think that, you know, the real story will be, you know, when you look at a 20-year-old Chevy pickup truck with 350,000 miles on it and it's you know whether it's a pickup or a suburban and you go you know what this thing still runs okay um let's see what a 20 year old explorer with a or a 
20-year-old Ford F-150 with a with an EcoBoost V6, which makes stupid horsepower. It makes 350 horsepower. So, um, but let's see what it let's see what it really lasts like in 20 years. I think that's going to be the key, and um, you know, and that's why, and that's why you know domestic cars for the longest time lasted as long as they did because they weren't working really hard. Right. The big lumpy 350s and such like that run forever. Right. Right. You know, and, and then you know, and then car companies got you know goofy and like GM with their you know their oh we won't we won't uh, treat the blocks against uh, corrosion we'll use antifreeze it does it for us and then the antifreeze turns into sludge you know so yeah. uh, you know so there's there's always you know there's always some mistakes somewhere along the line I remember the uh, I a, a friend of mine at the time owned a Corvette and uh, the camshaft went bad in it and he said to me I don't understand this he said they've been building small block V8 since 1955 why now does this wear out because of a defect you know you know they should have got it right after 50 years you know so and you kind of you know you kind of when you hear those kind of things it gets it gets sort of frustrating so yeah yep. i agree Wilson, enjoy the show all have right. a great day all thank right thank you bye. take care now bye bye 617-770-3030-617-770-3030 i know dennis doesn't like it but we're going to do trivia and remember, if, joyous times. And remember, if you want to enter to win the Bob Tasca, uh, really nice model, really nice model uh, car. Now uh, you're talking just like a, a model that you glue together. It's all glued together. Okay, it's all glued together. <laughs> but it's very well done. Not the life size. Not model. the life size. Not the Built not the scale. Scale scale <laughs> model. And uh, um, and it's. Uh, it's nice. It's nice. Just uh, email me at uh, jpaul at aaanortheast.com. Uh, you can send a letter here, but apparently I never get them. So, uh, But you can send. You can try sending one here. Or you can send it to my work, I suppose. You can send it to 110 Royal Little Drive, Providence, Rhode Island, 02904, and uh, put my name on it, and I'll get it, and uh, uh, enter you to win. What number, Royal Little Drive? 110. Oh, you did say I 110. Did say Sorry. Yeah. yeah, my bad. Yeah. And Royal Little, just for trivial reasons was the chairman of the board i think of textron corporation which also makes automotive interior parts so it's a connection brought it all back together okay we drove a bmw we drove a bmw so we'll have a bmw based question bmw builds cars they also build motorcycles. What did BMW first build before cars and motorcycles? If you know the answer to that, give us a call at 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030, and we will give you a nice prize. So what did BMW do? What did they build before they built cars and motorcycles? If you know the answer, give us a call at 617-770-3030, and we will give you we will give you a prize. If you have nothing to do today, well, you can go to the AAA office. But if you have nothing to do on Saturday, October 6th, you can go to Ferrari of New England and Bach Maserati. And there's a, well, you know, they can't do cars and coffee. They're doing a cars and cafe. Um so, but there's going to be a lot of Ferraris and Maseratis and so forth down there. It's an eclectic collection of fine automobiles. Meet the enthusiasts who share your passion. 
I suppose um, you don't necessarily have to be, uh, you know, have to have one of these cars. But uh, Cars and Coffee is going to be at 441 Providence Highway on the Auto Mile, Route 1 in Norwood. Uh, it's going to take place October 6th at, from at 10 o'clock. Um, and uh, go check it out. See what's there. It's a couple hours. They're going to be there for a couple hours. And you'll see some... You know, anytime you see Ferraris, especially classic Ferraris, it's always worth taking a always worth taking a look at. So, let's see where should we go first. Let's try Ken in South Dennis. Ken, hi. Good morning. Good morning. Well, I, I believe I believe BMW um, manufactured airplane motors. You are. They did motorcycles and vehicles. You are absolutely correct. Dennis, Dennis Thank was you. saying Dennis was saying they they manufactured airplanes, but that that would have been incorrect. They were actually right, it was the airplane engine. Well, the, I couldn't say airplane oh, all right, fine, engines. Fine, fine. but yeah, <laughs> but that's what that's what they actually did back in 1916 or so. They they uh, and uh, you know just the idea that they were manufacturing airplane engines. Um, yes. Uh, when there was barely airplanes, but uh, I guess that means something. So. Okay. Yeah, they were on the cusp of uh, of, of aviation, actually, and yeah. with the German, the German technology was uh, taking over the skies. Yeah, no, it was, uh, and you know, over the years, of course, we, we I think a lot of people know them. You know, in 1923, nice. they built, uh, they were building motorcycles, and then, uh, and then it, then it went on. In 1928, BMW built its first car. In 1957, they built the BMW 507, which was, I guess. Their sports car in 1972, the M cars were founded, and then uh, 1975, the uh, 3 Series was released, and then and over the years there's been some phenomenal, phenomenal cars. In fact, at the Newport Car Museum there was a Z8, which is a very rare sports car that uh, BMW built in the 90s. And, the Z series, uh, yeah, 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 and that was that was a that was the the Z8 was a really interesting car, uh, you know, big V8, front engine, rear drive. Uh, you don't see a lot of those around very often. I remember I had the opportunity to drive one for a couple of days. Pretty phenomenal car. Wow. So, uh, and and brought back some old nostalgia. Skinny steering wheel, just just kind of a fun car. Stay right there, oh, Den yeah. Dennis. will get down your address and we'll mail you out. We'll mail you out something. Oh, thank you very much, okay. and uh, I love your show, and, and followed by the Irish show. I love that, too. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Ken. All right. Take care. Thank yep. you. Keep up the good work. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. So Dennis will take care of Ken. We had a bunch of other guessers, but Ken was fast. Fast. Um, I, and I should never do this. I haven't read this article, but uh, the headline just caught my attention. It said, Tesla Model 3 versus Amtrak ex a Seller Express. Two visions of our transportation future. Where did this come from? A daily drive and dispatch. Two visions of our transportation future. A high-speed train and an electric car face off in a sprint from New York to Boston. The basic idea was simple. Race a car against a train. It's a story as old as the automobile, dating back to those Fitzgeraldine days when wealthy men would race their newfangled Rovers and Bentleys against the likes of France's blue train simply for kicks. But our version at the drive came with the distinctly 21st century twist. Run one of the latest, greatest electric cars against the nation's top-of-the-line electric train from New York to Boston in a battle uh, for no less than the future of the American transportation supremacy, or at least bragging rights. I don't know about all of that. 
To represent the United States mass transit system, there can only be one choice. The Amtrak Acceler Express, built by Bombardier. And the bullet train entered the futuristic sounding, uh, uh, yeah, in the year 2000 when the Acela started. 2000 was going to be, that was going to be a big deal, wasn't it? It was supposed to be. Yeah. Turned was it? to be. Meh. Yeah. Well, it depends. It depends on what you're looking at. Yeah, I suppose. Look at, look at what we, what I'm holding in my hand right now, the little, little cell phone. Little, little computer. Yep. Yep. But the world didn't end, no. which most people thought. No. Including people who were convinced that modern cars were going to quit running, the computer systems in them were going to just stop. And I remember my everybody said that your VCR, you're going to get up in the morning and it's not going to work anymore. And when I got up in the morning, it said it was 2000, and they were no. wrong. Everybody was wrong. Well, it didn't yeah. say 2000; just reset to zero zero. Yeah, whatever. But that it was, was but it was thing. fine. Yeah. It was fine. My computer, so, my computer still worked. So uh, I'm sorry, this, we're going down a little tangent here, but um, on, the, on the 2000 thing, I was working at uh, another radio station and I was working at a financial company. And both the radio station and the financial company wanted me to come in at um, 11.30 or something like that to make sure that everything ran fine. Mm -hmm. So I was in a conundrum. Uh, but however, the financial company was my main job. So and probably I paid better. Paid a lot better. Yeah. And so I went there, and everything was fine. I was gone out of there in five minutes. Meanwhile, in the small little radio station, I don't know what happened, but things did shut down. <laughs> and everything was, I'm like, well, I dodged a big bullet there for far mm. less money. Yeah. No, I remember, I remember at, I was at uh, WJDA in Quincy, and uh, there was a concern what would happen. And... Uh, one of my coworkers actually checked there. There was a program you could run to see if the computers were going to work okay, and then they all worked fine. So there was no problem. So anyway, so on the electric uh, car side, only the Tesla could pull this off. No, that's not really true. No mass production EV on sale in America today that doesn't have to be uh, have a pointed T on the hood could realistically make the 220-mile trip from New York to Boston while Jaguar's I-Pace and Chevrolet Bolt both come close. I think the Chevrolet Bolt is 230. Um, neither offers quite enough to do it in the real-world conditions on highways, parkways, darting, and weaving through uh, cars piled by more aggressive drivers. 75-kilowatt battery-equipped Model 3, on the other hand, serves up roughly 310 miles of claim range, uh, more than enough to knock out the trip with, uh, with a little bit extra spare. So how did it work out? Well, 2018 is poised to go down as the year of the Model 3, the more affordable Tesla sedan has dominated the news cycle. And uh, apparently it made it. It said, uh, person says, I would, um, I, would drive the uh, I would drive the Model 3 while supervising producer, who also did this, would take the Amtrak. The first one to Boston South Station. Who would be first? That sounded weird. I know. <laughs> I, I got to think, based on my experience from driving from New York to Boston, I'll take the Acceler every time. Um, you know, in, in the middle of the night, you probably got a good chance of doing it, but the rest of the time, I'm not so sure. Hey, it's that time of year where it's time to put away your uh, lawnmower, maybe get your snowblower running. 
Uh, I got a little uh, tip sheet from the people at Staybill. And they say, while everyone is enjoying their summer, fall is fast approaching. Yes, tomorrow, which means it's time to start thinking about how are you going to put all away all your small engine equipment away and storage and um, things like lawnmowers, weed whackers, classic cars, wave runners. This can be a daunting track task, which is why Stable, America's number one selling brand of fuel stable. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, stable is good stuff. Okay, it's not a commercial. But it says here, the proper way to clean your boat or small engine equipment is by getting inside and out. Make sure you get any residue of the summer rinsed off. Don't leave anything electrical connected. So disconnect the battery. Um, if uh, possible, get it inside. Um, don't don't be a sludge, it says here. It's important to change the oil prior to storage. That's a question. And I was talking to one of our tech trainers the other day, and a lot of this is opinion. Uh, do you, if you have a lawnmower, if you have a classic car, do you change the oil now? And in the springtime, don't worry about it because the fresh oil sat there all over the winter and it's still brand new and fresh? Or do you leave the oil that's in there now, and when you get it out of storage, run it for a couple hours, warm it up, and then drain the oil out and go from there? The best answer is change it twice. Change it before you put it away, so any built-up acids that are built into the, that are in the oil will be drained out. And in the spring, when you take it out of storage... Well, oil attracts moisture, so it has moisture in it. So what's the right thing to do? Well, according to this, it says oil contains moisture and acids will harm the engine. Before changing the oil, run your engine, warm it up, and put fresh oil in it prior to storage. I don't know. I may, if I do it at all, if I had something to do it with, I think I would put fresh oil in for the new season. Depends what the oil looked like. If I pulled the dipstick out and the oil looked dirty, I would change it. But if the oil, you know, most people drive classic cars 1,000, 1,500 miles a year. 1,000 miles on oil, if it's a good running car, is going to be barely contaminated. I think I'd leave the oil in there and change it in the spring when I bring the oil, when I bring the car back on the road, because at that time I can check all the fluids, make sure everything looks good. But yeah, if you have the Time, energy, and money, changing it now and changing it then is the best thing to do. Finally, it says, leaving your equipment exposed to the elements, make sure you store them in a cool, dry place, cover them, keep the dust at bay, rather than just leaving them out exposed. And regarding fuel tank, it says, draining your fuel tank. Fuel left in the tank can deteriorate in as little as 30 days, causing a buildup of engine, resulting in poor performance, reduced engine life. So some owners like to drain their fuel, which is dangerous both to your engine and to you. Instead, Fill your tank until it's 95% full with fresh fuel, then add stable and uh, run the engine for a little while to get the stable mixed around. That's what I like to do. I like to, with my lawnmower, I dump a little gas, I fill the gas tank, I add a little bit of uh, stable, let it run for 15 minutes, get it all washed around inside the carburetor. I also, and I don't know why I do this, but I also buy the Stabil for marine use because it is better designed to ward off moisture. It also works in conjunction with ethanol a little bit better, so it's better all the way around. Or do what I do and just have an electric lawnmower. Yeah, okay. Well, you'll next, you'll, 
You'll have to get an electric car or electric lawnmower. Hey, or, yeah. It's a wave of the future. It is. Some future. 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030. Let's talk to Mike. Mike? Morning, John. Morning. John, um, I call you for a couple of two different reasons. Um, the first one kind of goes along with what you were saying today about hybrids and that kind of thing. Yep. Have you have any experience with the BMW i3? Driving it right now. How really? did you How did you know? <laughs> I, 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 good guess. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was going to ask you about the uh, gas extender. Is this? Do you have the gas extender? I do have the gas extender. Um, I was talking with a salesperson about it. Basically, you use the electric charge, and then the gas extender comes on. And yeah, here, yeah. Here's here's how it works. Like this morning, I this this morning I fully charged it up overnight. So I drove home from work. It was down a little bit, and I charged it at work, but I plugged it in last night when I came home. I got in it this morning, and it said it had a 128-mile electric car range. And yesterday, um, I stopped and filled up the gas tank, which is 2.3 gallons, little tiny gas tank. So it says that I can go about 70 miles on gasoline, and about a hundred and whatever I said, thirty miles on electricity. Okay. Um, the other day I drove it from my house on the South Shore to I'm trying to think where I went uh, to uh, Situate, Rhode Island. Then I drove okay. it from Situate, Rhode Island to Providence, Rhode Island. Then I drove it home. By the time I got to West Bridgewater, I guess, I ran out of electricity. And all of a sudden, I saw the electric range meter go to zero. And about a second before that happened, all of a sudden, I heard... And the, and the, uh, and the gasoline engine started up, and it runs a... It's a two-cylinder gasoline engine that runs a little generator. And the generator okay. is enough... A lawnmower. Yeah, yeah, kind of a lawnmower type thing. And the and the generator is enough to maintain what little life is left in the battery to run the electric motor. So in theory, I could drive it 50 or 60 miles, pull into a gas station, put a couple of gallons of gas in it, drive it another 50 or 60 miles, pull into a gas station, put another couple of gallons in it. And what it does is sort of eliminates the whole range anxiety of, um, when I was in when I was in Situate, Rhode Island, I looked on the navigation screen and said, I, I, I said, well, I wonder if there's a electric charging station somewhere near where I am, and there wasn't. There was a, the, the electric charging station was uh, uh, about 20 miles away, so it was it was a ways away from where I was. So it was uh, it was uh, you know it, I, was I concerned? Well, I wasn't concerned because it had an electric it had a gasoline reserve. And really, uh, the performance didn't really change when it was when the electric when the when the gasoline generator generator was running versus the battery. So it performed about the same way. So um, may I ask yeah. how noisy was the gasoline engine? I mean, is it? We're not talking something that's a lawnmower sound while you're in. No, the no, no. It's it's just enough. It's just enough where you go. You know what? What's that? And it's behind you, which is even more unique. So it sits behind you, and it's it's enough where it sounds like it. It actually sounds like an air compressor. 
So like a little air compressor running is kind of what it sounds like. It's not obnoxious. It's just it just makes a little bit of sound, and uh, um, you know. And I drove it. I that night when I drove it home, my wife and I went out to dinner, and I still never charged it up because I was still running on the gasoline, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't anything that made any more sound than you know the air conditioner or the the heat running or you know anything like that so it 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 was noisy compared to the quiet of an electric car but not noisy got it and you enjoyed the driving experience yeah it actually it actually this happens to be the i3s so the sportier model which means it's just got bigger wheels and tires and a little bit stiffer suspension um driving here this morning the roads aren't bad um where i was on uh i guess it's route six Heading to Situate, Rhode Island, the you know it seemed like every ten feet there was a pretty good sized crack in the pavement, and it was sort of like bump, 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 bump because of the stiffness of the suspension. And they tried to improve the handling by putting wider, and not really wider, but uh, wider compared to the factory, the standard tires. Um, okay. If I was going to buy one, I wouldn't buy the S. Um, okay. I would buy the standard one, and I'd probably buy it with the range extender because the idea of knowing that you're going to and and you're going to you're going to have always have that option of having that sort of 50 or 60 miles in your back pocket just in case you forgot to charge up or the electricity went out or or something like that you pulled into you said hey I know I'm almost out of electricity I'll go to the social plaza and and charge up at one of their charging stations you pull in and you find out they're all they're all busy then what do you do so I I know I pulled into our charging station um with the Nissan Leaf a couple weeks ago, and the charging station was offline. So, um, and I use I use an app in my phone to turn the turn the charging station on, and I couldn't because it had lost its internet connection. If I had the scan card that people use, it would still work, but but because it was offline, I couldn't use the app. So. I knew what was wrong. I just went in and reset the circuit breaker, and it worked afterwards. But, um, but it was it was still a matter of uh, it was still a matter of you know what do you do if you can't charge? Well, knowing that knowing that there's um, I was looking at the interactive map coming here today, and in Quincy, there's a bunch of charging stations. They're at the T. They're at uh, actually at the Nissan dealer. There's a charging station. There's quite a few at the uh, at the Stop and Shop. Uh, Quincy Center Plaza Garage is a charging station. There's a lot of charging stations right around here, but there's also a lot more gas stations. So, sure. you know, if you were concerned, the range extender is kind of a kind of a nice option. Way to go. May I ask, do you know, are they planning on increasing the uh, battery range on that vehicle? I haven't, I haven't heard that yet, but it wouldn't surprise me because everybody's kind of looking in that direction. Um, okay. You know, I, I think BMW with the i3 decided that, a hundred or so miles um, works for a lot of people, and having that gasoline uh, generator is just a, uh, a an option for people that, you know. But for me, commuting, you know, about a hundred miles round trip back and forth to work, it's not the best. It wouldn't be the best car, but for a lot of people that only commute, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten miles. You know, you could you could you know drive back and forth a couple of days, but it's always best you know you you come in and recharge. And and it's funny, I came home last night and I had the charging cord outside still, and I uh, my wife said, "Oh, what took you so long coming in?" I said, "Oh, I had to plug the car in," and then I plugged my phone in, 
and then I plugged my laptop in. And she's like, she's like, you plug it in? I said, well, that's kind of what people do. You know, you a lot of people every, plug, plug their phone in every night, and they plug their tablets or whatever in every, all the time, and you just plug your car in. It's just one more thing to do. Sure. May I ask, would, could you expect any difference for dealer maintenance, you know, anything from a gas versus hybrid? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're never, you're never going to do, you're never going to do um, brakes because the brakes are going to last forever because you take your foot off the accelerator and things slows right down. Um, so you're, you're very seldomly going to put brakes in the car. Uh, you know, maybe in the lifetime you might. Um, you know, no oil changes, although the, where this has a range extender, you know, there is an oil change maintenance for that, but I can't imagine it's very often. Um, uh, there is some cooling of the batteries, so there is a coolant, but v again, very minimal. So there's not a lot of maintenance. So you'd be could you expect some savings if you had a oh, vehicle? Oh yeah, like yeah, I would I would think so. Although, you know, you look at even today's cars, um, maintenance is you know, there's not not a lot of maintenance on today's modern cars. But electric cars is gonna be a little bit less. Oh, oh, thank you for that. Uh, before I before I go, would you have time? May I ask you a right of way question? Sure. Intersection. Um, if you're at a four way intersection, lights and um, you have a, a left turn arrow with mm -hmm. the green Going and the directly across from you, they have obviously right turn on red after stop. Who has the right of way? Uh, you know, you where you have where you have the green arrow. Okay, you're you 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 can go. The green arrow is directing you to go. The other direction, the the like you said, they have a they have the ability to um, turn left at a red if it's clear and safe to do so. So if traffic's flowing. It's not clear and safe to do so. So what I was, uh, no, what I was saying, John, is you know, right turn on red. So okay. they're going to be coming into the same way. I'm going to turn left at the arrow. I've got the arrow, green oh, arrow. Okay. Yeah. Right turn yeah. on red. They're going to be yeah. turning into the same. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they shouldn't be turning if traffic's flowing in that direction. So again, their job is to stop, make sure the road is clear. Your job is because you have a green arrow. You've been directed to go. They've been directed to stop. Okay. Well, maybe we should inform uh, another sign there that says right turn on red after stop and green arrow has the right of way. Yeah, 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 that, that's a good, yeah. Uh, you wouldn't know uh, that, John. You, you wouldn't, I watched, I watched, uh, it actually made me kind of happy. I, we've been talking about this at workout. So many people are going through stop signs and red lights, and I saw somebody, two cars go through a red light last night, uh, well, around 6.30, quarter of 7, and interestingly enough, there was an unmarked police car right there that pulled them over. Made me yep. feel made me feel good. A little a little bit of satisfaction. Exactly. Exactly. Right, thank you. Thanks, Mike. Bye bye. Always enjoy the show. Bye. All right, thanks. I think we need to take a quick break. Is that true? That is true. All right. My name's John Paul. This is the Car Doctor program. Coming up next, Paul Sullivan, host of the Irish Hit Parade. He's right here. He's on his phone. He's doing stuff. He's looking up a new word of the I'm, day. I'm working. He's looking at a new word of the day. We'll be right back. Tough on shoot on a red line tire. She's a motor run 
think that's Steppenwolf. Well, it's the singer from Steppenwolf. It's really? not Steppenwolf. Oh, all right. Yeah. I'm going to do my talk up. Hey, that's Steppenwolf, 1969, on the big rocker or whatever. Yeah. How's that? That was um, awful. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> that's why I never made it. Um, <laughs> that was awful. Yeah. Well, it wasn't that it was awful. It was it was a reason that I don't sometimes like to listen to radio. That it? was Steppenwolf, though, right? It, it it wasn't. I don't know if it was. It might have been Steppenwolf, but it's not the original recording of that oh, okay. song. I, I learned it was something. Definitely the singer, um, but I know that there's like a bunch of rendition. It might have been a yeah. live version. Okay. Or, um, there's a story that I learned about um, how kids respond to authority based on that. My mother back in 1969 would not allow us to buy that record and we so could not buy it so what did we do the next day john bought it yep <laughs> you don't do that you you don't create a, a just a arbitrary authority because people will revolt did you um did you tweet that this week no that would be a good tweet. that's good yeah. yeah thank you I've, yeah. I've been kind of on a, on a hiatus from that <laughs> uh well that was paul sullivan hi everyone uh so, Sully, what you got going on with the Irish Hit Parade today? Uh, we got Johnny Costello at um, City of Boston Credit Union in Southie coming up probably at the top of the hour. Didn't okay. he do that yesterday, Didn't too? Do that last I mean, last week? week? Well, that was the, the festival. The, oh, know, the, the festival. The oh, yeah, festival, yeah. and now yep. I think he's actually at the parade. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because he came in here this morning. I'm a little hurt. He didn't even say hello. What do you mean? Did he, did he poke in? No, no. How'd you know he's here then? I saw, saw him walking across. Saw him walking across the well, parking lot. You know, it's it's not good to disturb a working man, and you're yeah. working. Yeah, but I I like I like. John's good, isn't he? He he's makes fun. me makes me laugh. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Huh. Hey, so the very best in Irish music coming up with Paul Sullivan and the Irish Hit Parade. Irish music make all day. You laugh. Do I amuse you? Do I amuse, amuse you? you? Yes. Yeah. Am I what, funny? What am I a clown? No, am I funny? <laughs> uh, and as Ken, who won trivia today, said, love your show, love the Irish music afterwards, too. So Thanks, Ken. Yep. So until next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, be good to your car. Talk to you all next week. Bye-bye. Comes the train.